Welcome in, welcome in, welcome once again to the newest edition of 3 In, 3 Out, the most unique Seahawks podcast out there. I'm your host, Clinton Bonner. Find me on Twitter at Clinton Bond. And I am joined by the one, the only, the great Brandon Schultz. You can find him out on Twitter at SeahawkersPod. Now, you guys got to understand there was there was technical difficulties. There was uh, esophageal difficulties. There were some difficulties getting this one going today. But we braved the matrix. We braved the the real world. You know, the whole thing already. We're talking we're talking Eric Nice. We're talking Julie, uh, you know, from, from the original one, Andre with the long hair. We braved the entire thing. And we're here talking to you on a Thursday evening. And Brandon. Maybe a little Billy Joel's in order. You know, sometimes a fantasy, oh, 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 is all you need. Wow. Even, even in a fantasy football discussion, you can find a track in, in, in the Clinton Bonner Library to bring to the show. I, I appreciate that. I thank you. Listen, I am uh, born and raised on Long Island. So if I, if I don't know every single Billy Joel song, it's like, you know, you get punished as, as a karmic presence. Uh, punishment for that. And I, I know, I know that when Hong Kong Hawk listens to this, he's going to be so delighted that we let out with a Billy Joel song because I know he loves, he loves some Billy Joel. If you ever meet Hong Kong Hawk in real life, play Piano Man for him. It's his favorite. Buy him a pint, put your arm around him and play Piano Man because Hong Kong Hawk loves Billy Joel. All right. Well, a shout out to Dave Bloomquist, Hong Kong Hawk to start off the show. And how about a shout out to all the, the Seahawks fantasy football owners out there who are ready to to hear all of your pearls of wisdom today clinton yeah it's gonna be fun you know like hey it's july so we turn the page right so you get you get the dog calendar a cat calendar if you're a nature person maybe it's a tornado calendar i don't know what you're into you know what you're into but we t- we turn the page and we see july one and you know it, there's not too much going on i suppose at the top we do have uh we had we had a we had to kick somebody off the team because of uh Potentially a murder, death, kill situation, right? So, uh, wish wish the Florida State alum uh, the best with uh, with Scary Terry. But I don't know what to say about that. Besides, when I texted my cousin who lives down there and said, "Hey, what do you know about this UFA? Like, he's supposed to be pretty good." He wrote back character issues, and that was like, whatever it was, the day the That's day an understatement. the draft ended. That's an understatement <laughs> when you have potential murder charges on the way uh, with regard to yeah, what you have going on that. This explains why a talent like that slipped through the draft now. Yes, it does. You know, and it's 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 beyond unfortunate. There's not even words for it. But but, you know, scary Terry, he's 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 off the team probably for good and uh, and and for good reason. So, hey, that's that's something that happened. Right. That that's a story. But we are going to be talking about fantasy football today. And I really do want to I hope some of the folks that are either in the room We'll come out with some of their takes as well. And Brandon, really excited to hear some of your, you know, Seahawks related hot takes too. For me, I just wonder if I get the benefit of living on the East Coast also. Like I'm not, you know, yes, I play in the Seahawkers pod, um, Ring of Honor. We have a fantasy football group. We'll be going into year three. So in that group, of course, the Seahawks go, you know, a little bit earlier, a couple of years ago, I think DK went first overall as a rookie. <laughs> um, and then in the second round, Russ went, which is not going to happen in, in a normal draft. Um, but for me, I'm usually playing with dudes on the East Coast where I can get a little sneaky with my my Seahawks wisdom. So but but Brandon, how about you in, in Montana? If you're playing, is is it still mostly Seahawks fans out there that you find? It's a little bit of a mix. I think you can get away with uh, finding your favorite players about with the right spot, because that's the trick, right? If you're a Seahawks fan and you're playing with other Seahawks fans, you have to if, if you want a Seahawks player on your team, you have to be very aggressive. And that can in a in a league where you're trying to uh, find some value so you can really compete well in the league that then unfortunately if you're playing with a group of Seahawks fans then you can't it's tough to let your fandom to push that away and not allow it to get in the way because I I have one rule Clinton when I play fantasy I really try to avoid any players in the NFC West because I will bench those players when they are playing <laughs> against the Seahawks because I do not want to have to root for them. And that I think that impacts my fantasy game. Yeah, I, it probably does. It probably does. And and 
I play probably way too much fantasy to avoid it. So I just, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, there's certain, there's certain bands out there or certain actors out there that maybe I don't agree with them politically, but I'm like, you know what? I, you still rock and I'm, I'm here to listen to your music, not your political take. So I'm going to just, you know, pretend I didn't see that. So it's, it's almost the same exact thing for me when it comes to fantasy. It's like, Hey, if I, if I got to end up with George Kittle and, uh, you know, he's, and I, and I, I like to get, I'd like to go, I'm kind of a tight end, uh, premium kind of guy. Um, you know, I'll just take Kittle and, and grin and bear it. And then hope, hope that he, when he plays the Seahawks, you know, that if they're going to score, he's the guy and we still win the game. That's just what it, what it comes down to. No, but, you, but I Brandon, go Travis I, Kelsey oh, in the first round. And then that way, that whole discussion is just absolutely <laughs> avoided. I, I don't even have to, to fiddle with that in my mind. I understand that 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 makes a makes a lot of sense. And sometimes, you know, we'll, I think we're going to talk a little bit about tight end position and see if there's see if there's a nook or a cranny, which I think is a good way to evolve the conversation, because the folks out there that have heard three and three out, especially the ones that have listened way back from like the, you know, the, the season during the year, we really try to dive into into the crevices and find find the little nuggets that aren't being talked about on a week by week basis that help determine the, the game. Obviously, it's the off season, so we got to get a little more creative. But I want to say, like, it's a little bit hard to avoid, or it's a little bit hard to get into the nooks and crannies when it's fantasy football because it's two main reasons: a, it's all about the stars, right? So it's all the dudes who <laughs> actually perform real well, and it's mostly offense, right? For the most part, it's it's really obviously offensive, offensively heavy. However, I think I still got some nooks and crannies to to deliver. But uh, but Brandon, is there is there a jumping off point that you would want to start with, or do you want to defer your call? Well, I will say just for for your information and and for those listening, I did go to Fantasy Pros, and one of the things I liked about their website is that they bring together a consensus of about eighty five different fantasy quote unquote experts. Experts, uh, the experts. Yep, that's and it. What they do is it's cool because it aggregates it all into one huge list of the top 501 players. So yeah. even if you're in like a 16 team league, uh, you're you're plenty players deep now to to try and pick from. And so I I went through and I cataloged all the Seahawks all the way. The number one guy is at number 16. And the number, I think, 15 guy is at 478. So, you know, we can I can tell you whereabouts every single one of these players is going to land when you come when it comes to standard scoring and fantasy. Very nice. Well, nicely done to do your homework and, and you know, and punt the question. So so I think I think that I'll, then I'll start, I think. But but that's a good job. Fantasy, fantasy pros is awesome. And I actually end up do I do listen to quite a number of fantasy football podcasts, which you might be like, oh, what do they do in the off season? I don't know. It's a ton of fun. They do. You should see for those who know list season, right? The list season, list season at fantasy football is in full effect. It's always like the five, this, the 10, that the 22, this it's all it's it's list season all day long right now. But look, if you're not preparing for your fantasy draft in July, you're already late. Like you're behind everybody else. Exactly. You're, you're, two, two, you're not, not 2008, you're 2000 late, as, uh, as the Black Eyed Peas said there. But I'll jump off with, with one to start with, and that this is not a nook, it's not a cranny, it's our best player. And I want to go into the idea that, uh, you know, hence that, by the way, that's, that's Russell Carrington Wilson, in case you, were, you know, didn't know which one I was talking about. Now, maybe not from a fantasy perspective, but just, just the overall best player on the Seahawks, it's Russell Carrington Wilson. So, what I think has happened, and this is a benefit to those who want to harbor and want to hoard some Seahawks this year for fantasy football is, we talked about it the last couple of uh, pods, the national media is so stupid. It's, and, it, and it permeates, and it might even be led by the national fantasy football media, because all they still talk about is, like, there's, you know, there's tumult in Seattle, like, number one, there's tumult in Seattle. They, um, you know, they're going to run the, they're going to run the ball so, so much. Look, they brought back Carson. They're going to just pound the ball, pound the ball, pound the ball. And, uh, you know, they're never going to let Russ cook because the second half of the year he was, you know, he had five less attempts per game. And so, you know, fantasy analysts tend to get very analytical and they really dive into the numbers. I get it. But the big opportunity here is that if you're looking at Russ and you start to look at some of the names that are that are peaking above him uh, and, and some that might be like on the verge that are rising, we're talking about dudes 
okay, you got your one, you got Mahomes, of course, you know, Josh Allen's good. He's going number two, uh, kind of just steady, steady, steady as she goes, deservedly. So Rogers, if he plays who the heck knows, but really he had like, that was his first big year in a while in fantasy. He's actually been kind of like a fantasy disappointment for many years. Dak is back. So Dak is, is now vaulted ahead of him. But then you get into this pocket of dudes like Kyler uh, Murray. Murray is placed ahead of Russ because of because of the running ability. Uh, let's see who else we got. Um, uh, uh, Herbert. Herbert is is sometimes vaulting vaulting ahead of, ahead of Russell Wilson. Lamar Jackson is being placed ahead of Russell Wilson, and then you even have like Jalen Hurts in some boards being put ahead of Russell. So what? No. It's, I, I'm telling you, man. So it's not just the ADP on Fantasy Pros. It's it's people going on making the case that Jalen's upside is this, 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 and because the Seahawks are gonna are gonna stuff the ball and run the ball. There's it's one part of the country where that's happening, Clinton, and it's right in Philadelphia. I, I guarantee you, <laughs> nowhere else in the country is that happening. I, I am I'm here to tell you it's the truth. Uh, and it's also stupid. It's also really, really dumb. Now, the the beautiful part is. Just sitting back, hey, quarterback is still so essential. So obviously there's there's four points per touchdown leagues, six points per touchdown leagues. What I think gets lost with Russell Wilson in fantasy is he's insanely consistent year after year after year after year. He's kind of like the Travis Kelsey of the tight end spot. Maybe not, you know, Kelsey being the one. Maybe, maybe Russ is not the one, but you could lock the dude in. Fairly late after four, five, six, sometimes seven other quarterbacks go. I've seen Brady going in mock drafts ahead of him. Maybe eight, nine quarterbacks. And you could still get, as, as a Seahawks fan, you could do what you know is right and get yourself Russell Carrington Wilson and just sit back and let him come to you, which is real nice. Or like you said, Brandon, if you're playing on the, in the West Coast, all right, just go nab the guy. Like Be a little aggressive. Go get your guy. And you still have... What I think is going to be a top three quarterback, and I'll I'll end end with one last thing. People get all hung up on the last eight games of the year. Okay, we got figured out, and what change did we make this year that hopefully will you know give Russ a chance to have a full seventeen games of amazingness? Yeah, a new offensive coordinator, and I I think this is what could be tripping some people up nationally too is that. With the new offensive coordinator, there is some question about whether or not what what is his production really going to look like? And knowing that he's slowing down, he's he's probably not going to have the the six, seven hundred yards rushing that he has in the past. But but still, in in terms of rushing numbers, I'm sure you can count on on upwards of 300 yards and and probably a rushing touchdown here or there. But. Uh, I think it is those the passing touchdowns that you can expect to be consistent. And when you have guys like DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, I, I just I have a hard time. And that's why I, I just don't buy it with Jalen Hurts or Justin Herbert. I mean, OK, they have the potential for volume, but they don't have the star receivers to throw to. Yeah, 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 I mean, okay. Now they got Devonta. You know, they got Devonta Smith over in Philly, but the dude's a rookie. We'll see. They got Rager. Didn't really show out last year. All right, Keenan Allen's a baller, but Keenan Allen is a is a great volume guy that you're going to want to go grab in, in PPR. But but you know, hasn't had huge touchdown production throughout his career. And so I, I'm with you. Now Justin Herbert is you know he had a get a really good year, and it's like okay, how much better is he going to be in year two? He's not running the ball all that much. You know, it's just, it's Russ. That's the thing too with Russ. You're still going to get, you said it, but you know, I think he had 500 yards rushing last year. And I think he had, yeah. I don't have it in front of me, but I think he had four touchdowns or so like rushing. So, all right, you're not going to get that Lamar Jackson thousand yard rusher or the Kyler Murray who could go, you know, uh, maybe 38 and one, you know, 3,800 or 4,001. Fine. That that's, that's a okay be- because Every single year, the dude is, you know, 30 some odd touchdowns uh, through the air. And last year was 40 touchdowns through the air. So to me, it's just one of those things where you could you could relax a little bit, let let others go chase waterfalls and still get Russell Wilson. And then, oh, by the way, if if you don't get your guy, there are still dudes out there such as I mean, it, it might be like, what do you talk about? But like Ryan Tannehill is an actual really good fantasy football quarterback. So if you wait and you don't get, you don't get Russ, 
there's still dudes you could pick up that are going to be top 10 guys and, and you can build your team and build your roster, I think in a more positive way. So that's, that's my take on Russ. Be patient, let him fall, go get him when, when you feel comfy about it. And, and just, you know, put that chip in, put that, put that coin in the, in the machine because that dude is, you know, every single week you start him, you start him with confidence and you're very happy about it. Yeah. And the other thing with Russ and a thing to keep in mind, last year with his interceptions, what was it 13? And that was his career high. So if you're playing in a league where you're getting docked for INTs, you, you want to go with a guy like Russ. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's damn accurate. And like you said, that was it. That was his career high. You know, he's not, he's not, he's not 30 for 30 club in this thing like Jameis Winston here. Right. So a different, a different type of baller. So, and I know, I know, Hey, we're doing a, fan, a fantasy focus and we're talking about the quarterback. So I get it. Not the, not the, the nook and cranny. However, this kind of year, I do feel like let that national media wash over it and take, take the dude who's going to, who's going to pay you back and, you know, really increase your Hawkra too. There's nothing like last year. I won a back-to-back belly-to-belly championship in one of my Long Island, Long Island leagues, one of my favorite leagues. And I had Russ and I had Lockett and my partner down on Long Island. Every time they hooked up, I get the little Russ bus emoji and the lock coming up on, on my screen. And we would just high five virtually. And it's a beautiful thing. You know, it's a lovely thing when your quarterback could lead you to a, a little championship, which, which Russ has done for me multiple times. Well, let's move on to from Russ and talk a little bit about of of who Russ is throwing to, because one of the things sure. that I pointed out at field goals, and this is maybe gone under the radar in terms of, of fantasy discussion, but uh, you have the Seahawks losing David Moore, Jacob Hollister, and Greg Olson, and and just with those three guys, that's a hundred targets that are are just gone uh, and will be distributed to different players, assuming that you know Tyler Lockett. And DK Metcalf continue to get their, you know, 120 plus targets, which you have to expect that they will. Uh, Chris Carson getting some targets as well. I think he was upwards of between 40 and 50. So continuing that kind of trajectory for Chris Carson. But still, that the 100 targets and you have additions like Gerald Everett, Dwayne Eskridge. Does that bring them up enough to to put them into the discussion of of guys that you would look for maybe in those later rounds, possibly, possibly. Like there's and, and the the one so there's a couple of names you threw out there. Like if you're in like a dynasty league, you know, going to get like a D Eskridge because D, while he while they're they're slotting him to be the slot guy, he also has shown that he could play the outside. So if that's an evolution and you could hold on to that guy for a couple of years, I mean, maybe you know a little potluck and maybe you end up with. A locket style, um, you know, a locket style receiver in terms of, in terms of production, and you can get him super super late. I'm not I'm not banking on the tight ends in this group. So if there was like an out section, now it's now it's not like Gerald Everett and and Uncle Will, you know, and and the the other flock that that's that's with us for, at the tight end group. I'm not saying they're going to be a bad group. I think it was a good signing. I think Uncle Will is going to be another year back from a, a bad injury, and I think we'll have a better tight end room. But from a fantasy perspective, I mentioned it earlier. There's like a you know there's a, there's an obvious top three. You know you got you got your Kittle, uh, well you know obviously Kelsey Kittle and Darren Waller, and I would I would actually put Waller over Kittle for myriad uh, myriad reasons because um, he's not a 49er. Well, that that <laughs> yes, number one, he's not a 49er. And number two, the Raiders literally got rid of everybody else and, uh, and Walder's like all they have. Um, but then there's a really good second flock group this year that I think is is pretty interesting. You know, you got your Andrews and, and then there's also dudes like Logan Thomas coming out of nowhere. So I think there's enough value for me that if I don't get one of the top three or if top five tight ends, you got your Hawkinson's in there. I think it's OK to. To um, you know, there's still dudes I think that are going to hit that middle of the ground tight end. It's like if you don't get the elite guys, well, you might as well wait. And there's plenty of options that I think you can go fairly deep and still get enough value out of tight end position. But I still, I mean, maybe Brandon, maybe it's like, hey, throw throw Gerald Everett in very late, like your last pick. No one's going to be drafted him really, right? So if you want to just get a guy that that. Then you have your, your Hawker goes up and 
hey, he might end up with six, seven, eight touchdowns because the offense will be good. Then you look like a rock star and you made a great move. That's a pretty good play as like it, like it almost like a, a free spin. That's what I would do with the tight end group specifically. Gerald Everett, uh, tight end number 22 uh, on the fantasy pros list. So definitely down there a bit when when you're talking about draft position, 166 overall. And the other thing that I would bring into this is that, man, I, I was looking at Last Word on Sports and they were listing their uh, tight end sleepers. And Gerald Everett was at the top. And and man, nice. it, uh, it makes sense that he would be a sleeper. And I just I wonder if they're buying the hype a little bit too much from Pete Carroll saying that, you know, this is a guy that could be poised for a breakout season because I I just look at it historically, Clinton. If you trade for Jimmy Graham and yes, he he has the production, um, but probably not to the elite level of his his fantasy production uh, with right. the Saints prior to coming to Seattle. He's probably still in that, I would say, tier two, you know, maybe bottom of tier two, tier three type of tight end when he was in Seattle, but not that that first overall. So I just I would take that into account in that just historically it hasn't been a big part of the Seahawks offense. And I don't know if it would be enough for me to to bank on it and have him be, you know, one of my top targets at tight end. I just think it's a perfect it's a perfect person, perfect you know, Everett being a perfect ideal sleeper for a fantasy football expert analyst to throw out there as a sleeper. It's a, it's a free spin. It's a complete, if you get that right, you get to point back at that article. And if you get it wrong, nobody remembers that, that article, like you, you said Everett could be a sleeper. So it's a, it's a perfect uh, free spin for that, for that, you know, uh, avenue. And with that, I think that's a great strategy. You now, a lot of folks, so a lot of folks don't even draft two tight ends. Some do, some do, but lots of folks are, are very happy to play the waiver wire and then, you know, use the bottom of their draft to really stock up on, you know, uh, wide receivers that might hit or you just, you know, running backs that are the, the handcuffs or the uh, backup running backs or a third stringer that you might happen to like out of college, things like that, or really, really just load up on a couple of rookies, especially in a, in a, if you're, you know, uh, a rule where you could keep one or two, you know, folks from year over year. I love to do that. I love when, when you've got uh, the potential to keep, you know, even one or two dudes like, Hey, you're whatever round 15, round 16, round 17, whatever, however deep you're going, just take some flyers on some rookies. Those, those are the guys that have the true upside. Um, but Hey, a free spin on Everett's not a bad idea, but Brand, Brandon, I do, you did mention another name in there that I think, I think would be, there's two Seahawks who I think are going to be the most undervalued on draft day. And you mentioned one of them already. Do you want to want to get goosey gander at, at where I'm going with this one? Well, let's hold on right there and we'll come back to it, Clinton. All right, Clinton. Well, let's uh, we, we've teased it. Now we need to get to it. Who who is the, the one guy that you wanted to get to in terms of Seahawks wide receivers? Yeah. So uh, so there's there's two. Dudes oh, you wanted to throw it out think- to me as a guess. Oh yeah, actually, so there's two guys. Now, one I'll, I'll also say, don't just limit it to wide receivers. There's just two dudes in general who I think are the most undervalued when it comes to fantasy this year. Undervalued, gotta be Tyler Lockett. Uh, he's wide receiver 25 on the list. And when I looked at the wide receivers that were above him, now, okay, I look at the top 15 and I say, okay, they're they're a number one guy on the team in terms of wide receiver. They've got a top quarterback potentially throwing it to them in a lot of these cases, or, or they're just, you know, an outstanding receiver. And then I start to look at some of those those next guys in the tier, and probably Julio Jones with the Titans was the top number two guy on the team, A.J. Brown going in the top 10 for wide receivers. And so I, I kind of, okay, well, Julio, the, the hype's around him. But then I'm looking at some of the other names, Clinton, that are uh, that are ahead of of Tyler Lockett, Russell Wilson's favorite target, a guy who's you know up there in terms of touchdowns, up there in terms of receptions every year, thousand yards receiving. How could he be wide receiver twenty five? So and the reason there's a reason, and it and it's in the fantasy world, it's a legitimate reason. It's because you know because he's like the he's the best ever best ball fantasy player. Are you familiar with best ball with the, with that with those types of leagues? I don't think I am. 
So these are the lazy mans. I, I don't play any of them. I think they're rubbish. However, I get if you're like in a 10th league, a 12th league, a 14th league, that it's like, oh, I'll just do a best ball. Best ball is you do your draft and then you never do anything else. So like you could take Lockett and then the computer will figure out what was your best lineup every single week. And then you just get the total of the points at the end of the year. And whoever has the most points wins. It's called best ball. I think it's stupid. But, you know, like in, in a best ball world, Lockett is like a probably a top 10 receiver because you don't have to live with the ups and downs of Tyler Lockett. So that's the the main reason he's quote unquote, you know, so low is because of he has these explosive games, two, three touchdowns, and then he, and then he can go silent. However, you're 100% correct that of the two I'm mentioning, Lockett to me is still super undervalued. And we'll, I'll go through some of these names in a minute too, where, where that, that are right around him or ranked higher than him. And I just think it's a scare tactic that, again, goes back to the stupid national media that this is going to be the way it is. Like Seattle's going to be this, this boomer bust team. And I get it. We had that first half of the year, two years in a row, Lockett was like, Russ and Lockett were amazing for the first half of the year. And in two years in a row, they both tapered off. And people get scared by that in the fantasy world. However, I just, with, with Shane, the main brain and the type of game that they're going to be running with a lot more stuff underneath, a lot more horizontal stuff, I just see, I personally think Lockett's going to only see an increase. You talked about where can those hundred targets go? I think some of them go to, go to Lockett. He's already the most targeted receiver on the team. I think he's going to increase his targets. He's already very good in, in the red zone. He's, he's to me, he's there, you know, he's their most wily guy in tight spaces to still get open, really knows how to read zones, knows how to sit, knows how to get open. I think those chances will go up. I think Lockett is in for a much smoother you know, like a much smoother year where, where every week or almost every week, he's a big contributor. And, um, that's the part that's being under undervalued Brandon. It's like people just see the, the ups and downs and they are scared of that. So they're running away from Lockett. So mm. you see names like Amari Cooper, Robert Woods, CeeDee Lamb, you know, Cooper cups right near him. Galladay, DJ Moore, Mike Evans, Julio Jones. I mean, these are, these are good players. And Rocket could surpass all of them if he smooths this thing out from a fantasy perspective. Right. And yeah, there's just some of the you you mentioned some of the the better guys. I I was seeing names that I I can't even come up with them right now because they're just dudes that you don't even think of that would be better than Tyler Lockett listed above Tyler. So it uh, definitely I'll I'll chime in. There's some dudes like Deontay Johnson, Brandon Ayuk, Chase Claypool. They're all like that area. Right. So it's like. You're telling me Kenny Galladay on a over to the Giants. That was the Danny one. That Dine. was the one that you shocked know, me when I saw that he, his name was above Tyler. You know, I mean, Galladay is a nice receiver, and no, they're like, all nice. That, I mean, that's a it's a nice yeah, group, but that's sure. the, the guy that I'm going to pick in terms of consistency and you know, rapport with his quarterback. Right. Exactly. You you you're in. You're now you're with Danny Dimes, and you have a wide receiving core where they just took a first rounder with Tony from Florida. And it's already crowded. You already got Sterling Shepard. You got, you got, you got Darius Slayton. You got a lot of mouths to feed there. You got to get the ball to get the ball to Barkley. Okay. Where are those targets coming from? Those, those are the things I don't see. So I think there's so much of that trepidation around the name and it's just, it's just not, not to say it's not warranted because, Hey, it happens. So we can't say what happened. Didn't happen. I would just bet heavily it won't happen again like that. And Lockett has a much, much smoother acceleration throughout the year and just has a damn good year and blows it out. Okay. And I know the other guy, the other undervalued guy, and I'm going to get to him, but Jeremy wants to come in. He has something to say. Let's bring on Jeremy. Excellent. Yeah, I just want to chime in with the Tyler Lockett thing. So I play in a two-keeper league. I kept Tyler Lockett for like three years and he's, he's really up and down. He's like, he can win you, win you a week by himself. And then he'll throw up a goose egg the next, next week. And he can lose you a week by himself. Yeah. And that, and that's exactly why he's going to fall. That that's, that yeah. is the exact reason. And, you know, uh, now do you think he's going to have that same volatility this year? That That's what, that's where I'm laying my chips to say, I think it's going to smooth out because the offense is going to change so much that if we're, if the vertical game's not working, 
Well, I just don't think it'll be all vertical all day long. I think it's going to be a different type of offense that really plays into the strengths of, of his game. His game is to be sit down, take, take what the defense gives you, get horizontal, use your quickness, take the pop passes, you know, take the, take the, the bubble screens with Shane Waldron's offense, which of course we haven't seen yet. So this is just, you know, this is just uh, guessing at, at what might happen, but based on what we know from the Rams, I think it's going to fit Lockett's game really nicely. And he's going to just, he's going to get that eight to 10, you know, seven to nine targets per game. And we already know his catch ratio is off the freaking charts. His catch ratio is, is one of the best in the league over the last couple, couple of years. So that's where I'll lay my chips is that it, the game will change to his benefit. And it will be more of a game that where he just gets the targets that, uh, you know, that we would like to see. I mean, as a Seahawks fan, how many times is it like we're into the third quarter? And it's like, what, why does Lockett have a target? <laughs> you know, yeah, like really. that happened, that happened way too much in the second half of the year. So uh, I just, I'm just betting that won't be the case. But what do you think of that, Jeremy? Uh, I think there is validity to that point. I think he will get, get more targets and be used more in like the short intermediate game. But I'm not sure how much Eskridge will also be, be in that role. Like if they'll be sharing that. And also I think with those a lot more targets in the short intermediate range, I think he might be getting banged up a little bit more too, which he's kind of has a tendency to get injured and banged up. And then I feel like those are the games he disappears in when he starts getting banged up. You know, hey, don't don't bring that bad juju, man. Don't don't bring that. Bad, but you're right. You're 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 also you're you're not wrong. You know, he's he's had his leg injuries and things of that nature. And I love the Eskridge pick, man. I was a big champion of that. Once I saw that dude on film, I was like, wow, we got. And I was personally calling for that type of receiver. So I'm with you. I mean, Eskridge is definitely. I I hope we could chalk him up for four, 40 or 50 receptions this year. And he could take, you know, a hundred of a half of what, what Brandon was getting at earlier. That's going to going to be missing. Um, but we'll see, I guess, I guess that's, that's the beauty of this is I, I, what I want to put is that, that little, that little angel on, on the Seahawks fan shoulders, that if you're in a league where Seahawks are not getting overdrafted because it's all Seahawks fans and you see Lockett just dropping on the board, take your boy, take your boy. Trust your boy, and you will be rewarded for taking your boy. That's I'm stuck. That's where I'm putting my flag, Jeremy. It's kind of risky taking any of them, not knowing how our offense is going to really look. But I think you know DK, of course, is a solid. You know, can't miss. If something bad happens, and same with Chris Carson. You know, when he's not injured, he's top five running back in fantasy. Well, there's the name. There's the name, Jeremy. That I was gonna. That I was gonna bring up next. Well, let you guys get to it. No, that's it's all. And before we before we go to next, uh, I did see that Phil dropped a little trivia in in the chat there too, Brandon. You see the question he's asking? I do. It's it's he said, "What is the significance about Tyler Lockett's sixty nine million dollar contract number?" Nice. <laughs> do you know I the mean, significance, Clinton? Other than it I, being I, a nice number? Yeah. Yeah. Other <laughs> other than the number sixty nine, I don't know the significance of that. You know, uh, summer of sixty nine. Woodstock was in sixty nine. It's his favorite Brian York- Adams song. That's what it's got to be. <laughs> That's it. That 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 must be it. The amount of touchdowns he's going to get, probably. <laughs> no, number sixty nine was Tyler Lockett's draft position. Oh, very, very, very nice. Nice job, Phil. But we're going to pull the. Uh, Way to pull the trivia mid midstream there. Good stuff. But Brandon, do you want to do you want to rotate over? Like the magic name was said. It, it is. It is Chris Carson. Chris Carson to me is. And by the way, anybody who knows me, probably not a shock that I'm standing for Chris Carson again. However, I think you're I've right too, da- though, because Chris yeah, Carson. When I when I look at his now, in terms of the top ranked guys uh, for the Seahawks, number one, DK Metcalf. Wide receiver five, and that makes a lot of sense. And then Chris Carson is number two. But when you talk about value of running backs and and the fact that, yes, okay, he's at number 34, but he's at number 17 when it comes yeah. to running backs. And if you're talking about a 12-team league, then, okay, you're, you're drafting, well, okay, let's say 10-team league, and, and everybody's drafting two starting running backs. That means he's like barely making the starting group of, of running backs. 
Yeah, he's, you know, they, they would, in the fantasy world, they'd say he's like a solid RB2, right? He's falling solidly in the RB2 area. And, you know, I, I think injury has something to do with this. But the thing for me, again, with the national media is like, how could you have it both ways? How could you scream at me that you can't, you know, you can't be excited about Russ and you, you're going to be afraid of, of the wide receivers because we're not going to throw the ball as much. But then wouldn't you be on the absolute hype train for Chris Carson? I mean, maybe it maybe it's a little bit of injury uh, history there. But the thing with Carson, too, is like, I like to look at the names around around them. And if you look at half PPR rankings, it's always going to fluctuate full PPR, half PPR, standard league, et cetera. But but if you go back and look or just look at it now, you got names like, OK, Aaron Jones, he's a damn good back. He has scored a lot of touchdowns and they got A.J. Dillon that is probably going to vulture quite a number of touches. Aaron Jones was not very good at the goal line. I think he was one for five or one for six within the five yard line last year. That's not good. A.J. Dillon's going to vulture some of that stuff. And oh, by the way, currently Jordan Love is their quarterback. So there's challenges there. You got dudes like Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon is like the, you know, it's like Hartford, Connecticut, the city that never, it's just, it's just, it's, it's not there. Like Joe Mixon is, he's a talent and, and with Burrow and they have a tremendous wide receiving core. I'm super high on that, on that team, but will Mixon actually step up and be the dude who knows Antonio Gibson. All right. But JD McKissick got 80 receptions last year and I like Gibson, but they have, they have a third down back already. So what's going to happen there? Uh, going down the list, Najee Harris. All right. Najee Harris played, played in front of the best line in the nation at Alabama. Okay. What team is Najee Harris going to, Brandon? Steelers? Yes. He was picked by the Steelers in the first round. Okay. The Steelers offensive line is trash. It's right. bad. It is a bad offensive line. And he's not exactly an elusive playmaker. So you're putting a rookie a rookie above him. All right. I just don't buy it. J.K. Dobbins, nice player. I like that guy a lot, but they just re-signed Gus Edwards and gave him a decent, decent bit of money. And oh, by the way, they got a thousand yard back. His name's Lamar Jackson, you know, and then you got Cam Akers. Maybe he looked good down the stretch, but Daryl Henderson is also good and they're going to share stuff. But the Seahawks backfield is Carson. Penny's going to get a little bit of love. You know, Alex Collins is going to get a little bit of run. But it's Carson's. And, and one thing we talked about a little bit, too, was that Carson tied his his career high in receptions last year at 37. So he'd, be, he'd been like accelerating each year. He had 37 in 2019, but he played 15 games or 16 games. He had 37 last year in 12 games. Go back and look at like Todd Gurley's numbers in 17, 18. He's 60, 64 receptions, 59 receptions. I just see a path for Carson to get. 50 receptions this year and be, you know, again, it's all about health, but be a top easily be a top 10 running back in, in this year. So to me, I think he sneaks into RB one value. I'm not saying go stretch for him, especially again, if you're not in a league with dudes that are all Seahawks fans, don't go reach for him. Let the other dudes go take the Gibsons and Mixons and sit back and just gobble up some Chris Carson. You you'll have a, if you have a Seahawks stack this year, you'll be, you'll be quite <laughs> happy because we're going to score some freaking points, man. Phil makes a good point in the chat. He says, I always hear in my draft rooms, don't draft Seahawks wide receivers because of Pete Ball. Then nobody takes Chris Carson. Like If, if that, you believe that, in the Seahawks and, and Pete Ball that that's a thing that's happening, then you absolutely have to take Chris Carson. And, and if you're getting Carson as an RB2, it also allows you uh, from a draft philosophy, it allows you quite a bit of freedom in the sense that you could take other other swings with dudes because yeah you can get your tight end early you can get your wide receiver too yes. early yeah after you in, in in a league where maybe you're maybe you're picking like 10th or 11th and you want to go after you know tyreek hill or Devonte adams you really want I mean, a lot of leagues nowadays are three wide receivers right so you'll have like two running back three wide receiver a flex and in those situations why and it might be ppr also those situations, your wide receivers really get vaulted up in value. So if you're at the back end of the first round, I mean, go get going to get your your dog, your your number one receiver off the board. Maybe swinging back and getting Kelsey, and then still being able to get Chris Carson uh, on the way back. It's like it gives you a lot of freedom in that way. So it's it's a nice player because it gives you such a solid base again with health that you can absolutely rely on. So you can take some other swings that might not be traditional for fantasy football roster building. So 
I like him. He's just a foundational piece. And, and I think you get him, you're going to win a lot of games. Well, let's talk about the one reason why maybe, maybe Carson slips down a little bit. And I just, I wonder if there is still some of that fascination with Rashad Penny being a first round pick, the idea that he's going into the final year of his contract. And I'm really curious to see, Clinton, how they're going to handle Penny in the preseason this year, because you look back on history, obviously no preseason last year. In 2019, he had very few carries. That one game where he had six carries, and of those six carries, he had like negative two yards. So it was not an impressive showing in the preseason <laughs> for Penny. And then you go back to 2018, his rookie season, and he had a broken finger in the preseason. So he didn't get any play there either. So going into his last year, I wonder if they're going to make him, and I think they should do this, if they're going to make him prove his spot that he can take that spot within the preseason. And if he does, if that's going to you know vault his value up a little bit now, depending on where your draft is, that may not exactly matter. But if he has a, a big showing in the preseason, it'll get people thinking, OK, well, maybe this is the year they start to do more of that splitting carries with Penny. And he's listed as RB50. He's number 151 overall in terms of, of how guys stack up. He's actually the guy behind Russell Wilson. So you got Metcalf, Carson, Lockett, Wilson, obviously your top four fantasy stars. And then next is Penny on that list. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. I think I think it's an okay play if, you know, A, handcuff, whether whether you want to handcuff him to Carson or just, you know, a lot of other folks like to go stack the the potential would-be guys, you know, the uh, Alexander Madisons or or the Tony Pollards. They want to go get those guys, even if they don't own Zeke. They just want the guy that if 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 the big guy goes down, they might have the home run hitter. So, you know, not a that to me, late round flyer is not a bad idea. And we might see some of that. And in fact, as a Seahawks fan, I welcome it. I'm not the biggest penny guy. You know, you know this. However, if it means Carson's getting eight, you know, averaging 18 rushes a game and and let's say five, you know, five or four, four receptions a game, um, and, and he gets to stay a little bit fresher, a little bit healthier. We also have a 17th game we got to deal with now and navigate. I'm okay with it. I think it'd be a good thing to get to get to get Penny that eight to 10, uh, you know, 10 or 12 touches a game and give, give Carson a little bit of relief. And, and Hey, Carson, I mean, Penny has shown Penny has one thing that Carson does not have. He has breakaway speed. That's I'm the biggest Chris Carson freaking fan in the world. Chris Carson will, will mow people over. He'll go 20, 30, 35 yards downfield. He is not breaking away for, for long touchdowns. Penny absolutely can do that and it is it is that little that little bit of glimmer that excitement excitingness if that's a word that i think has people holding out hope and i think it keeps them in the in the favor of the coaches that's like hey that that's a special trait and we'll see how he comes back from this last this last knee and see if uh you know see if he's if he's lost a step or if he still has that that pure burst again i think we're talking everett late late round flyer penny late round flyer they're not bad ideas. They're not. I mean, they could pay out and, and be big home runs too. Um, and Brandon, I do have. I know. I know we're running a little long. I do have one more. Uh, what, but is if are there, is there anybody else who wants to come in and chat before we get to maybe one last one last nook on on the Seahawks? Well, Phil brought up a good question in the chat, and I thought I'd bring him on since uh, you know we usually bring sure. Phil on and and let him ask the question. Hey guys, how are you today? Awesome. You're asking about Carson. First of all, I. I used to be a way better fantasy player before the Seahawks were good. Like when you know, <laughs> there was Sean Alexander. And other than that, you don't really take Seahawks back in those, back in those times. And then previous now that they're good, I, I, my Homerism has kind of messed up my fantasy since Russell Wilson came to town. But my question was Chris Carson is the handcuff for sure. Penny or will Penny always be the, you know, the change of pace guy. Like I'm curious. If Carson does get hurt, are we sure it's not Collins that doesn't get the bulk of the carry and then Penny just sticks with his normal role? Are we sure that's how it'll go down? Who's the handcuff? Yeah, I mean, I'd say I'd say I'm not sure. I think they're bringing, if you're saying who's more like the other guy, Collins is more like Carson, right? And I think they used him that way last year and they saw enough, enough burst um, that they were like, hey, he's, he's still got enough in there. 
Uh, and so I, I hear what you're saying there. I would still think that if I don't think know, I'd waste my bench, I don't think I'd waste my bench spot for a handcuff on the Seahawks. That's just me. I, like I said, I'm not a winner like I used to be. I think I think you're right though, Phil. I think it's how most people most people will play it. Is that there's other handcuffs out there in the NFL, other um, you know RB twos like da- Darrington Evans, right? I mean, Derrick Henry has proven he's he's kind of like breaking all the odds with how many touches you're supposed to you're supposed to give it back. Um, and every single year they're like, well, this is the year that that you know uh, he's that King Henry's going to break down. And guess what? He he just he hasn't he hasn't yet. Um, but there are dudes like that in, in a run heavy offense that are sitting there that people would, would gobble up first for certain before they, before they go get petty most likely. Right. So, but I think you'd be, I think you're onto something there. Collins, Collins might end up becoming the bell cow in, in yeah. a bit of a way. If, uh, if uh, Carson had a, a severe injury. Yeah. You wait for the waiver wire because I will, I will give you three letters uh, just to help you realize of where Alex Collins ranks out. And that is a. T T. I'm not talking about the phone company. I'm talking about <laughs> after Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow is ranked ahead of Alex Collins Have when mercy. it comes to the fantasy rankings. Oh, ATT. What what a what a what a beautiful way to to keep to keep track of things now, right? So that's that's amazing. That's a, like you know, AAD and and, and you know, BC and everything that. Now we have ATT in, in fantasy. So wonderful, one, wonderful job. Yeah, man. But Phil, I think, I think you're, I think you might be right. And it's, it's be fun and it's a great, I, I, I love fantasy. So it's a fun, fun topic to come on and jam on with you guys. What I do strategically on this one, because I don't play with any Seahawks fans in my main longtime leagues I've been in. As soon as I see that he might be struggling or there's a chance he's going to go down or maybe has injury, then I'd immediately slide Collins in because nobody's going to be thinking Collins and you might end up, you know, with somebody you got a starter there for a couple of weeks because non-Seahawks fans are unlikely to see that coming. But I can get off here. I, I'm not the fantasy genius. You want to listen to somebody that's obviously wins all the time. Uh, probably uh, I should get muted or whatever you need to do, Brandon. I don't know, I don't know how to shut my. I don't know how to shut myself up here. I, I usually Phil, leave that up to Phil, other people. Phil, Phil Phil's the great kind of guest. Like you could have him over the house. He's not going to hang out till two a.m. You know, he just he knows. Should like, I oh, leave? Guys, should I, I leave now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had, you give him a gong, he gongs himself off the show. It's it's kind of nice, but but Phil, you know you're 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 too harsh on yourself. However, great job as always. And and Brandon, if it's okay by you, I got that. I got one more. I think very interesting nook that will bring in a, a new flavor that we could go through quickly if if you if we have the time. All right, let's do it. So if you go back and look at you know defense, right? So now defense often gets overlooked, and and, and then people go gaga or like you know they'll go after the the top five obvious ones and all that jazz. If you go look at who they have ranked as top five going into this year, like number one is the Steelers again, which I'm scratching my head about. I'm like, man, Steelers are on the decline, period. So when your team's declining, your defense is gonna is gonna take is gonna get hurt as well in, in fantasy value. There's some other teams up there, but Seattle is sneaky good from a defensive perspective. They were tenth last year. So the the difference in like a, a pretty standard scoring league uh, between the third team last year and Seattle, who was tenth is only 25 points total, 25 points. Hmm. They were only 21 points behind the Washington football team last year. So they were top 10. They were 21 points behind Washington football team, which everybody is like praising, you know, their line because it's a damn good line. And we didn't really have a a fantasy defense that you would want to roll out there for eight weeks. So the it's, it's the exact opposite of the other story. It's like, wait, the last eight weeks, it was damn good. That defensive line got better. Jamal Adams gets gets a heck of a lot of sacks. So just just in general, Seahawks DST is going to be pretty much overlooked. And because when I look, they're right, they're ranked 17th. Yeah. So they're being ranked in the bottom half, bottom half of the league. But they were top 10 last year, and half the year was bad. So to me, that's a team you can again increase your Hawkera. Every time you get a sack or interception, you get a little more to cheer about. That's a great thing. And you're most likely locking into what I think is going to be a top eight or top seven or eight defense, top five potential because they did it the second half of the year. So I love sneaking the the Seattle defense into this conversation. Well, the other thing that I love about this with the defense is you probably have people thinking, oh, well, they lost Shaquille Griffin. But what is the point when when you have – uh, fantasy defense, you're looking for interceptions. Shaquille Griffin did not intercept any passes. I, I think the most that he had in one season was three. 
So yeah. the the fact that they're losing him is not impacting a fantasy defense hardly at all. You still have Quandre Diggs, who's one of the top safeties in terms of interceptions last year. You have Jamal Adams, who dropped four because he had 18 broken <laughs> fingers last year. And then you, know, then you have DJ Reed coming back. So I, I like the sleeper there for sure, because at 17, if you're not playing with other Seahawks fans, there's a good chance that the Seahawks defense is going to be there and be available. And if you're a good fantasy player, you're waiting till the end to draft your kicker and defense. Yeah, and and, and that could be even your – a lot of people like to take a second defense because they like they look, look at the bye weeks. That could be your second defense if you want to take one. <laughs> and I'm telling you, you're, you're, you're walking into a top eight defense this year. I mean, I just lock it in. This is going to be a top eight fantasy defense, and you can get them – you know, you could you could take your other flyers on rookies while other folks are chasing like the Colts or chasing the Washington football team or chasing the Steelers or chasing the Pats still. And you could just mosey on up to the podium or the virtual podium, click that button, sip your beer and be fired up. Because, again, every time Dunlap gets a sack, every time Adams comes around the edge and gets one, every time Bobby, you know, gets a tip tip interception. You, you get your Hawkra and you get your fantasy points. And that's a combo meal deal that I want to take to the bank every single year, especially 2021. Closing this out with defense. Gotta love it. One of the things that I, I did want to throw out there before we get on out of here, Clinton, Tamario sure. Terry, we'll go back to him, circling back around to what we discussed at the top of the show. He was ranked at 463, wide receiver 155, five spots ahead of Freddie Swain in terms of the wide receiver rankings. A guy who was an undrafted free agent was ranked ahead of the guy who I expect to be probably wide receiver four, potentially wide receiver three, depending on how Eskridge works out. Yeah, and there's one one of those two guys is now indicted for murder. So uh, congrats, Freddie Swain. You, you have now vault, you know, vaulted in front of a scary Terry there. But uh, yeah, it's... Uh, Hey, you know, again, wish the young man whatever kind of luck he possibly could have at this point. Hopefully he didn't do it and hopefully he stays out of that trouble. But uh, yeah, that's that's fantasy rankings. They it, It's it's a little bit of a silly season, too. You got to wade through all that nonsense and get get down to the logic and and still be bold enough to, to take your Seahawks. Come on. Well, thanks to Jeremy. Thanks to Phil for coming on and asking your questions and uh, appreciate you for setting this up. Talking a little fantasy, Clinton. Oh, it was a it was a dream come true. There was this was a this was a long play, Brandon. I started writing the blogs years ago, then we started doing three and three out, all for the manifestation of having a fantasy show one day. And now we did it. So it's uh but cheers to you. Thanks for thanks for thanks for saying yes. And I think with that, there's only one thing left to say. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. Go Hawks.